Father, we are so grateful and thankful for that which you have uh, given to us, uh, given to us to steward, given to us so that we can bless others in the process. We thank you for the gifts that have come in today and throughout this, this week. And we ask, uh, first of all, your blessing on those gifts and that you'll give wisdom uh, to the elders and the church body so that we can use these gifts efficiently for the kingdom. And we pray these things in Christ's name, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy first Sunday in December. Fun little story before we get going. Uh, many of you, perhaps even most of you, if not all of you, were here last night wondering, where's Andre, where's Sally? Honest to goodness, I'll show you my phone. We have blocked off Saturday, December 10th <laughs> as the day of the big event. So um, uh, Sally uh, went to, down to North Canton with Noah last night, and I continued to work on the rest of the Christmas series while they were there, and I was going to make dinner, and I'm, I'm working on the computer, and I see this little pop-up saying, New Promise Church just went live. I went, really? <laughs> so I click on it. I'm naturally curious, and I see this, this great concert going on, and I see a packed audience, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, I, they're, they're, this must be practice for next Saturday. <laughs> and uh, I was completely oblivious to the fact that I placed and blocked off the wrong Saturday uh, to be here. So my, <laughs> my apologies. Uh, I, you know what, three years, I think it was three years ago, 2019, uh, when we had the Christmas dinner, it was such a, an absolute blast. I didn't want to miss this year's for anything. And so now next Saturday, you have to do it again. You just have to do it. You know, everybody has to come back and, and do the whole thing all over again just for us. Only kidding. So, you know, that happens periodically, and, and how that registered in my brain, don't ask me how, I don't know. Uh, it was just one of those crazy things that, uh, fortunately, you have m given me a great deal of grace, and uh, we can laugh about it in the end. So that's where I was. I was actually at home working on the series, making dinner, making French meat pie for anybody who's, in, uh, any, uh, anybody who's interested. That's a... Uh, French-Canadian specialty, and um, so we had a great dinner, but it wasn't as good as the dinner that was here. But at any rate, happy um, first Sunday in December. We're going to start a series, our Christmas series, off in a really different way, and uh, that's coming up here in just a second. But first of all, um, a weather forecast. You probably want one since it's so cold outside this morning. What an eclectic uh, start to December. I mean, two weeks ago, many of you had to turn around and couldn't make it to church because of the 10 inches of snow in the whiteout. Last week, it was warm and rainy. This week, it's cold, but at least the sun is shining. Uh, well, this, uh, this weekend, I'm right in the middle of a six-day weekend from Fox 8. 
And uh, it started with Thursday, Friday off. I have Monday, Tuesday off. And uh, so many times I take it as the Lord gives it. If I'm in a vacation, I just take a break from looking at the weather. And so the forecast is there will be today. And, and yes, Sunday will be all day today. And, and, and the Browns will have a tough time today. That's another forecast. But anyway. Uh, happy Sunday. Uh, we will dig in now to, to a, a series that I've actually called For Unto You. For Unto You. Now, th- that may sound a little familiar to you because it comes from uh, a theme, a, a passage of Scripture that we are going to be using for the next four weeks, which goes right up to and including Christmas Day. It's a four-week series, four unto you. But it comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's actually, which actually says, for unto us a child is born and a son is given. For unto us. But I want you to do a little paradigm shift. I want you to personalize it this year. For unto you, as if you were the only person who would have responded to this good news, which began not 2,000 years ago, but a long time even before that. So we're going to dig into that, more on that, uh, in just a little bit. But first, before we do that, shall we uh, pray together? It's always my intention to pray and to, to let the Holy Spirit guide my tongue in everything that I say. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the anticipation of Christmas, the anticipation um, 2,000 years ago of the arrival of a Savior, which was foretold thousands of years before that. We're so grateful that you sent a rescuer for us, for unto us, for unto you. Let every single word that I use today be of your choosing, be of your guidance. Let any words that are mine drop to the floor. And Father, I pray that um, that which you want uh, our hearts to grab onto will do so not only with great gusto, with, with great joy, but with the great gratitude, thankfulness, and all the things that are godly. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. How many people here love Christmas? Everybody does. I do. Oh, I see two hands way, way back there. That's awesome. Well, like most everybody, if not everyone, I love this time of year. I really do. Uh, my favorite uh, period uh, overall is, is fall. Uh, September's good, October I really like. November I love because of Thanksgiving. And December I love because all the holiday lights come on and you, you get to see them. It gets dark early, which I like here in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, because, uh, you know, by 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock, the Christmas lights come on and you can drive around early on. Now, if you think it's, uh, it's cozy 
here. Many of you know my ties with my Iceland brothers and sisters up in, uh, in Iceland near the uh, Arctic Circle. Well, right now in December, the, their sun uh, doesn't even begin to show up until 11 o'clock. I mean, it's dark until about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and then it gets twilighty for a few hours. The sun may peak up just a little bit above the horizon for like an hour around lunchtime, and then it's back down again. And by 2.30, 3 o'clock, it's dark again. So uh, the Christmas lights really do shine up there. They take advantage of it too up there. Uh, Pastor Gunnar, whom you know by my talking about him up in uh, Reykjavik, uh, Mosfeldsbjerg is where he lives, just outside of Reykjavik, beautiful town right near Mount Eshia. Many of you saw that when I recorded that segment uh, a few months ago. But at any rate, he loves this time of year. And this is Pastor Gunnar's rule. He puts up his Christmas lights when at dinner it's dark because he says, I don't want to see darkness. I want to see, I want to see lights at dinner time. So in October, he starts decorating outside the house. And he keeps his Christmas lights on until he can see twilight at dinner time, which is like in March and almost April. So he keeps his lights on all the time to remind uh, he and his family about the light that Christ is. So in that regard, it is a cozy time of year. Imagine the, the poor folks down in Sydney, Australia, who have to put up with heat waves at Christmas time. Really? No thanks. I, you know, I like the, the Courier and Ives scene, and we'll talk more about that here in just a second. Now, I don't like the hustle and the bustle. Who does? Uh, but you find ways to navigate through it and kind of ignore that and keep the peace going. The peace and joy that washes over you as you sip on a mug of hot chocolate or coffee or your favorite warm beverage, hot apple cider, maybe mulled apple cider, that's good. As the snow is falling, it kind of gives you a picture of that Courier and Ives look. Now take a look at your screen. I've got a few of these Courier and Ives scenes that have been painted over the, uh, the years. And Courier and Ives, that's an inter interesting story in and of itself, and I won't in get into all of that, but these were two uh, gentlemen in New York City that produced lithographs like this, many of the scenes uh, depicting these really peaceful Christmas scenes. One of them even became a stamp, a postage stamp. You'll see that right there. 10 cents. When was the last time it cost 10 cents to send a letter? Been a while. I was a kid. In fact, I remember lower than 10 cents when, when I was a kid at, at some point. And even then, we thought, 10 cents? That's expensive. Imagine now. Uh, so anyway, we've got these beautiful courier and I've seen they exude a sense of peace. Uh, these, by the way, all from the 1800s. Did you know that? They, they look like they could have been painted today in small town America. So who doesn't get a case of the warm fuzzies when you see scenes like this? Or even better yet, you see this. Who doesn't get that warm sensation 
when you see Charlie Brown and the, the Christmas story and Linus getting up on the stage and telling Charlie Brown what Christmas is all about. And he reads from Luke chapter 2. And uh, by the way, Charles Schultz uh, absolutely insisted that this scene not be cut from the film because the producers, even back in the 60s, when this debuted, when I was six years old in 1965 on CBS, I think it was December 5th, 1966, uh, they, they wanted to cut out any religious uh, aspect of the film. And Charles Schultz basically put his foot down and said, no, this is going to make it in the film. And thank goodness it did, because it just made the film. Who doesn't get the warm fuzzies when you see Linus standing up on stage and, and reciting from Luke chapter 2 and then basically coming down the stage and saying to Charlie Brown, that's what Christmas is all about, right? It's one of those fabulous, fabulous moments in history. Now, I love preaching from Luke chapter 2 in December. It just makes a whole lot of sense. And I could preach from Luke chapter 2 year-round. And there are so many aspects of Luke chapter 2 we could dig into and really enjoy it really throughout the year, but really get a lot out of it at this time of year. However, this year is going to be a little bit different here at New Promise Church. I invite you to invite friends and neighbors to be a part of this because we're going to dig into an aspect of Christmas which is really, really deep, a paradigm shift. And yeah, we'll make reference to Luke chapter 2, but that's not where we're going to spend most of our time in the next uh, four weeks. Maybe next year we'll get back to preaching from Luke chapter 2. Uh, but until then, I thought a paradigm shift would be very, very healthy for all of us because we're, we're going to go deep. What exactly do I mean? Well, too often we think of the Christmas story as beginning 2,000 years ago in a little town called Bethlehem, right? I mean, it makes sense because so much of the turning point of human history began at that point. But does it really? Now, on the surface, this seems perfectly normal, but when you really start to dig in and when you get beyond the surface, when you glide past the surface, it makes more sense to find out where the beginning really is, right? So turn with me to the Old Testament. We're going to go to the Old Testament to the prophet Isaiah, and that's going to be our, essentially our theme for the next four weeks. We'll be making reference to this a lot, and of course going through the Bible, but we're going to go to a prophet who was alive almost a thousand years before Christ was ever born in a manger in Bethlehem. Now, if you have a, an iPhone or an iPad, feel free to go to YouVersion and click on the little more symbol at the bottom uh, right and then click on events 
and the first one that should come up should be New Promise Church. All of the notes from today will be available. You can save them right onto your phone so that you can make reference to them. Same thing for those of you who might be watching at home. Feel free to do that, or you can watch your screen as we put uh, many of the scripture passages on the screen that we'll be taking a look at. So Isaiah chapter nine, verse six is really going to be our main focus, but in order to get the context, we're going to go verse six and seven. Is everybody ready for a paradigm shift? Yes, no? I, I don't mind amens. I don't mind preach it, pastor. I don't mind any of that because I, I know something is resonating with you when that happens. So be demonstrative. Those of you that, that, uh, that, that that's maybe not you, that's okay too. But if you have it in your spirit to, to yell out an amen, go for it. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> Way to go. I love that. Keep it going. All right, Isaiah chapter 9 verses six and seven. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. That's essentially our theme today, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. We'll cover that word next week. And from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Wow, this is a powerful, powerful prophecy. It's prophecy. It is given to the prophet Isaiah a thousand years before Christ under the direction of the Holy Spirit to show him that there would be a time when this special anointed one, and we'll cover that word two Sundays from now on the third Sunday, Messiah, we'll really dig into the word Messiah and what that really means and, and how the the people in the both Old Testament and New Testament understood what Messiah really meant. That's just a little shadowing of, of what we'll be digging into in this series. But today we're digging into a son is given. A son is given. This is the first phrase that we find in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a son is given. For unto us a child is born. It actually starts off, a child is born, and for, for unto us a son is given. But again, for the purpose of this series, I want you to replace us with you. For unto you, each individual person here, for unto you can even say, if you wanted to, replace us with me. For unto me a child is born. For unto me a son is given. Hallelujah. Thank you. You betcha. Amen. Now, hang on a sec. Let's get back to the scripture again. 
Let's put it up, Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For unto us a child is born. Take a look at the word child. Child, what what does a child mean to you? A child is born. Well, aren't children born every day? Yeah. What makes this so special? First of all, the word child points to the fully 100% humanity of God in the flesh. He took on flesh. Jesus took on flesh and became a child, became fully human. That's the first part. Question, to whom is a child born? Anybody. A a child is born to a woman, right? Well, that's true, but to whom typically is a son given, by the way, which is the next part? The parents, right? A son is given to the parents when a child is born. So why did all of us collectively, me, you, you can use me, you, us, whatever, interchangeably to help us understand what the scripture is saying, why did all of us collectively need a child and a son? Very good reason. Why is this a gift from God himself? Because that's what Isaiah was making reference to, that this was going to be a gift to humanity, that God himself would take on human flesh. God's son become a child, 100% human, 100% God. Why was that so necessary? For humankind to have a relationship with God? Yes, well, we're not gonna find the answer here, but this is, this is going to be the place that we kind of hover around for the next four weeks. The answer is not found in Isaiah. You ready? Turn with me to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter three. Let's find out what or why this was so necessary. Let me give you a little setup. As you turn to Genesis chapter three, let me set things up. This is the, the chapter that shows what happened right after the rebellion of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve introduced sin into the world, introduced rebellion. They took of the tree that was forbidden and uh, their eyes were suddenly opened and uh, They knew that they had done something wrong. And so, Genesis chapter three, God confronts Adam and Eve and the serpent who misled them and led them down a path that they should have never taken. So go with me to Genesis chapter three, verses 14 and 15. And let's see what it says. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and 
all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put, now this is important, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heels. Now wait a minute, isn't it talking about the woman here? That, no, when God said he will crush your head, he was making reference to the one he was already planning to send to rescue humanity, Jesus. He, Jesus, will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This points to Jesus' death and cross, or death and uh, eventual resurrection on the cross, but obviously his ultimate victory over the devil when he was resurrected from the dead. All right, to see this prophetic utterance from God himself is an absolute clear picture that when we sinned against God, it was not a surprise to him. He already, even in Genesis chapter three, had a plan, a plan that would take time to develop, a plan that would take time to get to the point where he could introduce Jesus to the world physically, but he had a plan. That was the first prophetic mark that he would be sending someone to rescue us and to squash the enemy, our, our enemy, the devil. So this was re- revealed immediately following the introduction of sin, immediately. It was in his plan. Genesis chapter three is really where it began, but we get a sense that it began before then. Adam's and Eve's sin was not a surprise to God. It was not a shock to God. He knew that was going to happen. So you have to realize God being outside of time knew and probably already developed, I shouldn't say probably, he already developed that plan before time began. So we get a sense of that by going all the way back to Genesis chapter three. Now, in between Genesis chapter three and the actual birth of our Messiah, there are hundreds and hundreds of very specific prophecy, not just general prophecy, like I'm gonna send a redeemer, I'm gonna send someone, don't worry, no, 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 it was really very, very specific. Specific prophecies that point ahead to the hope of the supernatural rescue plan. Now, I'm not gonna obviously uncover all 300 plus of these right now, but I do want to give you just a quick sampling of them. You're gonna see them up on your screen right now. Take a look, now this is a little small, and uh, if you really want to 
get these. Again, go to the YouVersion Bible app and download today's notes. You'll see them a lot easier on your eyes, but uh, this is just from uh, Genesis, and it uh, goes to Exodus, so this is uh, the, the first 20 or 25 or so. The uh, actual description of the prophecy and then where it was fulfilled. These are specific prophecies. I mean, very specific, like the, the Savior would be born in Bethlehem, that the Savior would spend time in Egypt and be called out of Egypt, uh, that uh, Magi would come, and that Herod would come and kill all the two-year-olds, and that there would be great weeping and gnashing of teeth in that period. These are very specific prophecies that were given, in some cases, thousands of years before Christ was born. And every single one of them was fulfilled in history, not, not only in biblical history, but if you go back in the annals of time, if you go back in secular history, you can find evidence of every single one of these. And just imagine, I mean, one or two or three of these prophecies, as soon as you add four, as soon as you add five specific ones, the chances of that happening are decreasing in, in a rather asymptotic way. It's, it's, a, it's a really, in mathematics, it's a factorial. For instance, five factorial, it's, it's one times two times three times four times five. Well, this is 300 plus. And when you consider the fact that every single one of these prophecies came to fruition, and you do the math, mathematics or mathematicians will tell you that it goes way beyond what is considered by mathematics to be absurdly out of realm of possibility, yet it happened in the Bible. 300 plus prophecies, very specific ones. Each, one's, each one is fulfilled. Um, let's see, this is um, going to uh, Isaiah, going to Isaiah. So we've gone through a couple of them. By the time we got to the Psalms, which is the one you saw just before it, we approach 100. And by the time we get to the end of our passage today, it's 200, and it doesn't stop there. It goes all the way to Malachi, which is the Old Testament prophet, just before there's a 400-year period of silence before Christ was born. And so, I mean, this is really amazing when, when you, mathematically, if you have a mathematical mind, that shouldn't happen, ever, ever. It goes beyond the point of absurdly impossible, but yet, of course, God is a God of impossibility, right? And he puts his signature and thumbprint on the Bible so that we can have full faith in the fact that he means what he says, he says what he means, and when he said he was going to send a rescuer, he did in a supernatural way 2,000 years ago. 
And that same supernatural Jesus is still saving people today, amen? Well, I'm sorry to have to tell you something. The world is not paying attention to two things. A, what unfolded on the stage 2,000 years ago. And B, that the book, the book that we have come to rely on, the Bible, pointed to what this world needs with amazing razor-sharp specificity. Just look at the prophecies that were fulfilled, 300, over 300 of them. So, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that we're in plenty of trouble right now. The world, I mean, take a look at the, 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 the really crazy, chaotic things happening in the world. Of course, these crazy, chaotic things have been happening in the world since when? Since the fall in the garden. That was the introduction of chaos. And it just seems to be getting crazier and crazier and crazier, and it is. Just, you know, turn on the news, you'll find that out. Those who don't have Jesus in their lives, when they look at all, all, everything that's going on, they're losing hope. You see it. You see it in the countenance of people. You see it in people walking around. You, you hear it in their speech. They're losing hope. They're ready to give up. And the Bible talks about this, this time in which we live, that the love of many will wax or grow cold because of what's going on in the world. So it's up to all of us in here to give the world what we have, and that is that Jesus is our hope. Amen. Jesus is our hope. What do I mean by that? Of course, we're going to rally around Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, a lot in the next four weeks. And it goes back to time antiquity, back from when humans were first created all the way to now, and every place in between, with all those wonderful prophecies that were, were fulfilled. Again, it's, it's a mathematical impossibility for every single one of those to have happened, yet they did, because we serve a God, the kind of God who specializes in impossibilities. He's awesome. Jesus is all of those things prophesied about him in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, verse 7, and in three other pla 300 other places in the Bible. Jesus came to deliver us from the consequences of sin. Jesus came to protect and guide his church us. Jesus came to forgive those who repent and turn around. I could go on and on, but I'm going to stop and just say all of that is really, really good news.
That's, that's where the word gospel comes from, good news. We don't have to live without hope. We don't have to look at the chaotic world and throw up our hands and, and just, just give up and just say, whatever. No, no, we don't have to do that because Jesus gives us hope beyond this chaos that eventually will come under his rule in the coming thousand-year reign and beyond into eternity. See, Jesus said he was going to be coming back. That's, by the way, really, really good news for you, for you, for you, for you, for me. That's good news for anybody whose heart is filled with Jesus, where the Holy Spirit has locked you in as a child of God, an adopted child of God, thanks to the blood of Christ and the resurrected body of Christ who now sits at the right hand of the Father advocating for you and for me too. For when we mess up, and we're still going to mess up on the side of eternity, we still have this flesh that we have to fight with. But it's still good news that Jesus is coming back because there's no condemnation for those who are found in Christ. That's what the Bible says. No condemnation. However, for those who don't have Jesus in their hearts, Jesus coming back is the worst news that could possibly come to them. Why? Because when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back to reward those people. He's coming back to judge them. And it's a harsh judgment. That's why this Advent, this Christmas, December 2022, let us be about the same business that John the Baptist was called into being for. You see, John the Baptist, his mission was very specific. And he was to point people to the Messiah. Remember when Jesus came to be baptized? That was the moment where Jesus' ministry began. And even John the Baptist basically said, who am I to baptize you? You ought to be baptizing me. But Jesus said, it has to be done this way to fulfill the scripture and to begin my ministry. And John the Baptist, he died because of, the good, of that good news, but he was willing to put down his life because that was his mission. Guess what? For John the Baptist, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. And we'll, we'll, for those that have Jesus in their hearts, you'll get to meet John the Baptist someday. Maybe even get into a casual conversation about about those times. I'm sure that uh, he's going to be very willing and able and, and wanting to, to express what that time was like when we get there in, into heaven. In the meantime, though, we have business to do on this side of eternity. We have business to do in December of 2022. We have to be the carriers of hope to the people who don't have Jesus in their lives. That's what Christmas is all about. Luke chapter 2, just listen to Linus when you watch the Christmas series. 
And people need to get that who don't have Jesus in their lives, and it's up to us to point the way. So think about who you want to invite. Invite them here for this series. And we're, we're really gonna have some good time. We're gonna dig into the word, and we're gonna be encouraged. But more than, more than anything, we're going to point the way to Jesus. Because without Jesus, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas. It wouldn't be. We have joy in our heart because of the Savior. So this Advent, let's be about the business of our Savior together. Amen? Let's offer the world hope. And in just a moment, uh, I'm going to um, lead us in communion this morning. And what a, what a great way. You know, we sang about, we sang about this. The third song, uh, right, it was the first song right after we did the greeting with each other, that the bread is Jesus' body. The blood is, or the wine is Jesus' blood. How awesome it is that he did that for us. That's great news. It cost Jesus plenty. It cost him his life. But he was willing to lay down his life for us. So let's be about the Savior's business this year and give Jesus to others. If you don't have the elements, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand to make sure that those of you, okay, uh, make sure that... uh, you are given some elements. I see another hand back there. Anybody else? Okay. So if, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, obviously this has a great deal of meaning to you. If, this is, if you're still exploring, don't worry about uh, these elements. That won't, this won't mean anything to you. Uh, and, and there's no condemnation from anyone here if if you're in a place where you're not going to join us yet, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're exploring. Uh, and I, it's my prayer that maybe even today you will make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Just invite him into your heart. Say, Jesus, I realize that I can't do this without you and I can't enter into eternity without you. Please be my Lord and Savior. And he will. And boom, just like that. That's what he wants. So if you've done that today, please join us in communion as uh, we observe what Christ did for us. So as we go ahead and take the bread, on the night Jesus was betrayed, he did take the bread and he broke it and said to his disciples, take and eat. This is my body which will be given to you. So I'm going to ask you to go ahead and, and break the bread into pieces to represent Jesus' broken body for you that we sang about today. Let's all take and remember. dinner was done, he took the cup, gave it to his disciples, and said, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. When you observe communion, do this in remembrance of me. And we're doing that today. 
I praise God for Jesus' blood, which cleanses me as white as snow, as if I had never done anything wrong. He took our sin. That's what this represents. Let's all take and remember. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus, and we thank you for the elements that uh, Jesus gave us until he returns again. And of course, he said that until he returns to do this in remembrance of him, that points to a time when he will return. And we're, we're so grateful for that because the world needs Jesus. But help us now as we go through this Advent season to be the hope and to point people to the real hope that's out there way beyond what the world can offer, which is nothing but chaos and nothing but destruction in the end. That's not your desire for any human being. Let us be the ones to point people to the river of life that is Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, as I mentioned, we're, we're going to be digging into the word righteousness, which is in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Some really interesting aspects about that word that you really need to know. A call to action, if you will. The following week, we'll dig into the word Messiah in a way that perhaps you've never seen before. By digging into the root word, both in Greek and in Hebrew. I'm looking forward to this because this is just a paradigm shift. Luke chapter two is certainly a very special part of Christmas, but it started way, way before Luke chapter two. So uh, let's pray and, and then uh, I'll tell you what, we'll pray after we tell you what's going on at New Promise. There's a lot going on and hopefully I won't miss any other elements like last night's dinner and concert, <laughs> which many of you enjoyed uh, and told me that I really did miss quite, a, uh, quite an affair. So Sally and I will be all dressed up with nothing to do next Saturday if, you're, if anybody's interested. <laughs> Just one of those crazy things that we'll be laughing about uh, years from now. Uh, here's what's going on at New Promise. We will be having a fusion Christmas party December 21st from 6 to 8 p.m. There will be a white elephant gift exchange, games, food, and fun! Save the date for Santa Meets Jesus, Sunday, December 11th from 2 to 5 p.m. This event brings in the community, so we need all the volunteers we can get. Sign up in the lobby now! If you are able, would you consider bringing a couple dozen cookies to Santa Meets Jesus? They can be homemade or store-bought. And thank you in advance for those of you who do. Join us Sundays in December for a new sermon series titled For Unto You with Pastor Andre. We would love to bless our missionaries with a little extra this Christmas. If you are able to give towards this goal, please note it on your giving envelope or select missions in your online giving. There are three ways to give to the Lord at New Promise Church in person in the offering box at the back of the auditorium or in the offering plate during the service by mailing it in to 8671 Euclid Chardon Road, Kirtland, Ohio 44094 or online at newpromisechurch.com forward slash give. 
thank you for all you give back to the Lord. Join us for a one-hour candlelight Christmas Eve service at 5 p.m. This service will be kid-friendly with songs and scripture and a special story read just for the kids. The Christian Women's Connection Luncheon this month is on Tuesday, December 13th at the Pine Ridge Country Club. The speaker this month is our very own Sweeter Hodgins. The cost is $20 and you must reserve your spot by noon, December 8th. You can let Kathy Conrad know if you plan to attend. If you are interested in becoming a member of New Promise Church before the annual business meeting that will happen in January, there will be a meeting December 18th after the service. Please sign up at the welcome desk if you plan to attend. Knitting for the Lamb is our knitting small group that meets once a month and needs people who can knit blankets, shawls, and scarves that are given away to people throughout the year. If you don't know how to knit, they would love to teach you. It touches people's lives in warm, cuddly ways. They have the yarn, now they need the fingers. Please see Carol Carlton today for more information. Knitting for the Lamb meets this Saturday from 1 to 3 here at New Promise Church. There are so many people here at New Promise Church who work behind the scenes that rarely get thanked. Today, I would like to give a huge shout out to our security team. They are here for every single event and service. Thanks, guys. If you would like prayer right after this. Remember that we do have uh, our prayer teams in the back. If uh, you'd like to pray with someone, if you have a, a something on your heart, a praise. Uh, or a need, um, they are there to uh, agree with you in prayer and uh, uh, just give you that spiritual support that we all need from time to time. Candlelight service on Christmas Eve, and yes, there is a service on Christmas Day. Um, I'm always of the, of the mindset of instead of taking the temperature of the world, why not set the temperature? And we're setting the temperature, and for those interested, and we realize that some of you may be busy on Christmas Day, but if you're not, come and be with us on Christmas Day. It's a Sunday. Why not? And uh, let's praise the Lord together. Father, thanks for this day. Um, we thank you that you, you just blow our expectations when you extend such great graces and extend such a phenomenal rescue path for us from the world's system. Help us to point people that way. We have the joy, we have great joy. Help us to operate in joy despite the chaos, whatever that may happen in the month of December for us personally or around the world. Help us to be the, the kind of people that say, hey, we've got hope, and here's why. And his name is Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Uh, do we need to move the chairs, Dennis? Yes, we do. Uh, so we'll need some able-bodied people to help, uh, and we'll see you out there enjoying uh, fellowship. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs>